invite your hearts with me in prayer this morning. God, we, you, you see our hearts and we're here for you today. We're not here for us. We're here for you and we hail you as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we thank you for your death. We thank you that you went to a cross for our sin, but you didn't stay in that grave. Three days later, you rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And now we thank you for the hope that we have because of the resurrection. And I do, God, I thank you for every person in this room. Oh, come Holy Spirit, right now in this moment and speak to us. We hold nothing back. We invite you to move. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Hey, before you grab your seat, turn around, give somebody a high five and say, that was awesome. Do that. As you grab your seat, I want to start with my, my favorite Easter joke. Um, there's a story of a few years ago where a husband and wife, they um, saved a lot of money to take the trip of a lifetime over to Jerusalem to the Holy Land so they could see the sights and um, hear and see all the things, the Bible, walk the, um, the road with Jesus or go back to um, Jesus' day and walk those roads and see the sights. And so they saved and saved and they decided for this trip that we'll take the mother-in-law along, along with us. And while they were there in Jerusalem and seeing everything, unfortunately, the mother-in-law passed away. And they went to the consulate and the consulate said, here's the deal, um, to ship her body back to the United States, it's gonna cost you roughly $5,000. But if you bury her here in the Holy Land, it's gonna cost you about 500. And quickly the son said, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, we are for sure shipping her body back to the United States. And the consulate says, wow, you must have really loved your mother-in-law. It's like, well, not really. See, 2000 years ago, I heard of a story of a man who was buried, but three days later rose again. Um, I just can't take that chance with my mother-in-law. Just so. It has nothing to do with the message. I just figured we needed a laugh right there. And I know my mother-in-law, Gail, is watching right now. And Gail, we would for sure leave your body in Jerusalem, just so you know, like don't, don't worry about that. Let me show you my favorite Easter verse. This is the words of Jesus. Revelation chapter one, verse 18, Jesus is speaking. And he says, I am he who lives. I was dead, but behold, I am alive forevermore. Now, Jesus was probably talking to you about half of the crowd, just like half of you just responded to that. So Jesus amens himself. You ever wondered why like pastors sometimes will say, amen, everybody? Well, we just copying Jesus. Jesus did that. So let's try it again. Are you with me? Come on, 930. Do not disappoint me. Jesus says, I am he who lives. I was dead, but behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Isn't that awesome? And he holds the keys of Hades and he holds the keys of death, meaning that you can experience a resurrection. That no matter what's dead or dying in your life, because of the resurrection of Jesus, we too can experience a resurrection all our own. And I'm so excited for what God is going to do this morning in our service. But before we dive into the message quickly, if you would, take out the Easter survey card. Um, it's inside your worship guide. Um, it looks just like this. In fact, I'm gonna ask everybody, everybody, everybody to help me with this. Um, even if you've been to Trinity a thousand times or this is your very first time, um, even if I pay you to be here, um, I need you to take this out and fill it out for me. Um, the connection card's on the front. 
And I know if you're new, you're like, uh-oh, here we go. They're trying to get all my information. And let me just promise you, this is the hassle-free guarantee. Um, if you give us information, we're not gonna come knocking on your door. We're not gonna show up to your house unannounced. Um, we're simply just probably gonna give you an email, maybe a text message, giving you some updates and some things that are happening around Trinity. That's it, it is the hassle-free guarantee. So fill out whatever you feel comfortable giving us on the front. If you have any prayer requests, our team would love to pray with you. We'd love to pray for you, all that's there. But what I really am interested to know, if you turn this card around, it's the 2022 Easter survey. So, and since I've become your pastor, I've given you something like this every single Easter because um, this is the weekend where everybody who calls Trinity Church, Trinity Church home, um, shows up on one weekend. So some of you, I haven't seen you since Christmas. It's nice to have you back. Um, so this is why we ask you to, to grab this, to grab this um, and fill it out for me. We actually make decisions based on what you give us. And here's the first thing that I wanna know. Um, if you could hear a message on what the Bible says about anything, what would you want it to be about? I've given you some options there, but if there's something different, just check other. If you want me to go through a book of the Bible, maybe something stirring inside of you. Um, in September, we actually answered these questions. We tally them all up, I give you the top five, and we call the series, You Asked For It. Um, and we answer these questions come September. It helps us a lot. Uh, the, the second question I have for you is, what brought you to Trinity? Um, and there's different options there. Maybe it was an invite, drove by, uh, all of that. This just helps us know um, how we can best use our resources to reach more people for Jesus. Um, you answering that really does help us. And the thing that I'm really excited about, um, we are launching a brand new Trinity Church campus in September of this year over in the East Mesa area. So Signal View in Ray Road, that's the Gateway Polytech Academy. We have that space. It'll be a portable set-up teardown church. We will be one church in two locations in September um, of this year. And what I really need to know is what campus will, are you planning to attend? So if it's this one, just mark the university campus. But if you are planning to attend our East Mesa campus, that would be really helpful for us to know. And some of you are like, well, I may go back and forth. Okay, um, what one will you normally be attending? Or most often, this will help us plan. Now here's the thing, if you check East Mesa, um, you probably will get a specific email about that, giving you opportunities to get on the launch team, the serve team, all of that, as we prepare to expand. And just so you know, three years ago, we we asked you a question, if we could launch a church or a new campus anywhere, where would you want us to do that? And overwhelmingly, you said East Mesa. So we do make decisions on the information from our Easter survey, um, helping me out with that. And, and by the way, um, with the expansion to our new location, uh, as you checked your kids in, it was all different because of the remodel, the updates, and, and this campus is getting a full um, remodel, refresh. Um, God is doing some really cool things here at Trinity Church. Already this year, we've seen over 100 people make a spiritual decision to follow Jesus. Um, it's absolutely amazing. And I haven't even, that doesn't even include last night. Um, so what God is doing here, it, it is very, very exciting. Um, but I'm, let me just make this quick announcement. Next Sunday, I'm gonna be standing on this stage and I'm gonna make probably um, one of the biggest announcements in the history of our church. Um, our elders will be with me and you do not want to miss next Sunday. 
Um, in fact, I'll tell you this way. If you're planning on traveling and being out of town, cancel your plans and be here. Um, you don't wanna miss next, next Sunday as I will stand on this stage and make an announcement um, for the future um, of, our, of our church. Um, that's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna leave the cliffhanger there to get you back. And maybe this isn't your church, but you're just really, really nosy. Come on back. We'd love to have you. Um, you, won't, you, won't be dis, you won't be disappointed. Uh, keep this card handy. Um, a, B, C, and D, we're gonna answer that at the end. That's our spiritual survey that I ask everybody to fill out for me. So keep this card handy. We're gonna come back to it in just a few moments. Um, and let, me, let me just kind of start our, our time together um, with this Easter by giving you this verse. And I've never connected the dots before. In all of my study of Easter, and uh, I've never connected the dots of Philippians chapter three, verse 10. And this is what the apostle Paul says. I want to know Christ. Can everybody say this highlighted word with me as I go through it? Say it with me nice and loud. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead. I'll be honest, I've never connected the dots with this word, no, until just a few weeks ago. If you're new around here, let me just tell you what Trinity Church is all about. We're very simple. We focus on four things, and we didn't come up with this. I actually believe this is God's spiritual pathway for each and every one of us. You can even find this pathway all the way back in the Old Testament and in almost every New Testament epistle, this pathway. And I'm gonna start with the end. And this is what we do here at Trinity Church. We really believe that we're called to make a difference. You, in other words, you, you will never have fulfillment in your life until you understand that you're to make a difference in the life of somebody else. Even secular psychologists will tell you that, that don't believe the Bible. God has created us in a way to make an eternal difference in the lives of people. But you can't make a difference until you first discover your purpose. That God has a unique plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. I really believe that. And you'll never reach your full potential until you first discover why God even puts you on this planet. So we've created a growth track to help you do that, to facilitate that. And these things are awesome, but we also know through the Bible that we're called to have friends. So we ask you to find a friend, somebody who can know everything about you and love you anyway. And some of you, that, that may really, really scare you. Like, I don't want people knowing everything about me. Well, you'll never find freedom from your past, your hurts, and your hangups unless you allow other people to come into your life. That, this is where we find friends, which ultimately is where we find freedom. But the thing I'm most excited about, and all these things are great, that you can never do any of these things until you first know God. Amen. You can't. You can never find a friend, discover a purpose, make a difference, like to experience life to the full unless you first know God. And I'm so passionate about this. In fact, I'll say it this way, that if I only had one sermon to preach for the rest of my life, it would be this message today. I would preach this on repeat every single weekend because this is so important. And every time Jesus talked about knowing God or, or knowing him, and even in the New Testament, the epistles, every time we see this word gnosko, it's the Greek word. In fact, don't you just wanna say it? It'd just be fun to say it. Say it with me, gnosko. One more time, gnosko. And every time they would use it, it literally means to know intimately. In fact, this is a Jewish idiom. Meaning, so it's a long definition for a simple word, but when they would use this word, it was talking about the relationship that a husband and a wife would have in order to conceive a child. 
And when Jesus and Paul and other New Testament writers would say gnosko, the crowd would be like, what? Oh my goodness. Because religion taught them that, no, 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 God's up there, you're down here. That God is distant, that God is very, very far. And maybe, just maybe, if you're good enough, then maybe there's enough good than bad, enough religion, enough tradition, then maybe God will like you and accept you. And here's the thing, religious people and the traditional people, they actually thought that God was mad at them. And then Jesus comes along and Paul comes along and turns this thing on its head and says, no, 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 he's not mad at you. All that was accomplished on the cross. He's not far, he's not distant. That you can actually know Jesus. You can actually have a personal relationship. You can have an intimate friendship with Jesus. And I'm gonna go so far to say this that Jesus actually tells us that this is a requirement for eternal life. That, that it's not religion, it's not tradition. In order to get to heaven, it's about gnosko. Do you have a real relationship with Jesus? I, I've never preached a sermon quite like this. It's a case study. I'm gonna give you this word in a couple different places to prove and to build this case. So here we go. Jesus is actually talking, Matthew chapter seven. If you've been around church for a while, some of these scriptures may be very familiar for you. But Jesus is speaking and he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's the problem because they were always taught, well, if you do enough religious things, you'll get there. 51% good, you'll, you'll be all right. So this is defying the crowd. He says, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And this is why I'm so passionate about this. Because Jesus doesn't say, Trinity Church, listen to me, listen to me. He doesn't say, oh, just a few. Just a little group that attend church on a weekend. Just a few that are a part of that religion. No, he, this is the words of Jesus. He says, many. Like that should stop you in your tracks. It, 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 it should make you push pause and to take some inventory this morning. Because Jesus says, not a few, but many will say to me on that day, this is the judgment day, Lord, Lord, I mean, come on, did we not prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive out demons in your name? Didn't we perform many miracles in your name? And for our case, you can just put any church thing in there that you'd want to. Didn't we sing a bunch of songs in your name and give a bunch of money in your name? And didn't we memorize a bunch of scripture in your name? And, and didn't we even come to church at Trinity 2022? Like, look at all of the good things that we've done for you. Many people will say that on judgment day. Here's what Jesus says. I will tell you plainly, you ready for this? Yeah, yeah, you did all those things for me, but I never knew you. There was no... Gnosko. Write this in your notes that God isn't looking for religion today. He is looking for a relationship. Amen. Well, I, I gave a bunch of money. Nope. Like we will stand before the Lord. And I think it's going to be sooner than many of us think. But we're going to give an account for how we lived our life. And, and we're going to be asked a question like, why should you come in to heaven? 
And I don't know how that's going to look. Maybe we'll over be in like a holding pattern and, and you'll hear over the loudspeaker, uh, Jared Moore to the front, please. And Jared Moore to the front. And I'm like, what's, what's up? Like, I, here, here I am. Like, I, I, I gave a bunch of money. I sang a bunch of songs. I even lifted my hands that one time on Easter. And, and isn't that what you were looking for? And here's the answer. Because there's no religion, there's no religious thing that you can ever do that'll be good enough. The only answer he's looking for is you saying, hey, I, I knew that I needed a savior. I knew that I wasn't good enough. And I trusted in the work of Jesus on the cross and the hope of the resurrection. And, and because of that, Jesus was my friend, he was my Lord, he was my savior. I, I knew him and, and he knew me. Like that's what Jesus is looking for. He, he did not go to a cross and rise three days later for you to do a bunch more stuff for him. He did all of that so you could be in right relationship with him. Let, let me show you another place, let's, let's build the case. Jesus again. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and they asked, um, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't do it the way that we've always done it. They don't worship the way that we've always worshiped. Thank God for the Pharisees, right? They're always keeping it interesting. They don't want, this is what they were upset about. They don't wash their hands before they eat. So in the temple, there'd be a basin. You'd have to wash your hands a proper way. And for them to dry, you take your hands like this and the water would literally have to run off your elbow. If water would flick this way, you would literally have a Pharisee or somebody that cared so much about tradition standing there saying, nope, nope, the water went the wrong way. You're going to hell, you're going to hell. That's not right. That's what you're worried about? Jesus said, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? Well, what's the command of God? Jesus actually tells us this. I preached this last week here. But when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest command? He said that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength. Not do a bunch of stuff for me, but that you would just, you would love me. That's, that's what Jesus is after. He goes, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people, they say all the right things. They do all the right things. They, they stand up and sit down, clap their hands. Or they do everything right. But their, catch this, catch this, their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. He's, he's looking for gnosko. Do you, do you know him? Do you, do you love him? Let me give you one more spot. Matthew 25. This is right before Jesus goes to a cross. This is some of his final teachings. And at that time, Jesus is talking, this is a parable, bringing it to modern day life. The kingdom of heaven, so we know he's talking about heaven, will be like 10 virgins. And this is what so many people think. That if I'm pure enough, I'll get there. I call it the 51% heaven. If I have more good than bad, I'll get there. It's like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Jesus is so great at teaching. He traps his listeners in. Because they're starting to think it's all about the lamps and the oil, and Jesus is about to turn it on its head. Five of them, talking about the virgins, were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, because that's what they thought it was all about, but they did not take any oil with them, oil like the good works that you would do. 
the songs, the scriptures, making sure you had all that. The wise, however, took oils and jars along with the lamps. The bridegroom, that's just Jesus talking about himself, the church. We are the bride of Christ. He's coming for us. He was a long time in coming. He's gonna come again. And some of you may feel that way, like just end it, like get here already. And the virgins all became drowsy and fell asleep because he took so long. At midnight, the cry rang out, so the trumpet of God is gonna sound. You better be ready for it. And here's the bridegroom, they shouted, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps because that's what they thought it was all about. But the foolish one says, oh my goodness, give us some of your oil. Like our lamps are going out. No, there may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go out to those who sell oil and do more good works and try harder and pray more prayers and sing more songs and do more scripture and go to more church services. Go do a bunch more things. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived and the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and let this frighten you. And the door was, it was shut. Text continues, later the others also came and they said, like, let us in, let us in, open the door. But he replied and he says, I tell you the truth. I haven't given you the rest of the verse yet because if you didn't know the story, you would think, um, I tell you the truth, you weren't virgin enough. You weren't pure enough. I, I tell you the truth, you didn't do enough good things for me. Like, you, oh, sorry, you're right at the line, but you're 49.9% bad and I can't let it. That's what you would think. But here's what it says. Ready for it? I tell you the truth. I don't gnosko you. We're not in real relationship. This, I'm so passionate about this because the church is not a building that we sit in, a ministry that we're, no, it's a movement that we get to be a part of. And, and the church is not an organization. It's not an institution. It's not a bunch of religion. The church of Jesus are people who are passionately in love with a living God. And if you don't know this, here's what you're gonna experience. You're gonna experience a sense of powerlessness. And, and some of you, that's right where you are. There's just no power in your life. It's because you're not connected to the source because once you know him, then you'll know his power. And some of you, it would define you, but you would also say, well, there's just a frustration of always trying to do good. I'm trying to follow what the Bible teaches. I'm trying to be a good husband and a good wife, but it's just so hard. And let me tell you something, the Bible will be one of the most hardest things that you'll ever do in your life unless you're in love. Because once you're in love, it becomes easy. From time to time, I'll do some marriage counseling or even pre-marriage counseling. And people will say to me, oh, I, I really want to be faithful to my wife. And I say, time out, time out, time out. Instead of trying to be faithful to your wife, why don't you fall in love with your wife? Like pursue her, go after her, like love her with everything that you are. Because once you're in love, like, of course you'll be faithful. I, I'm not faithful to Amanda because I have to be. I'm faithful to Amanda because I get to be. She's the most incredible person in the entire world. And when you understand this about our God, I don't have to follow the teachings of Jesus. When you're in love, oh, 
you get to follow the teachings of Jesus. Which is why, go back to our theme verse, I want to know Christ. And once you know him, then you can experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Then you can find friends, discover purpose, and make a difference with your life. And that's our prayer. That's what I want all of us in this room, everyone online, to know the mighty power of the resurrection. I think I've convinced you. So some of you are like, that's what I want. How do I do it? How, how, how do I get there? I have three points. I'm gonna take five minutes. Write these in your notes. If, if you want a real relationship to know God, here's how you do it. Number one, um, you're gonna love him because he first loved me. When you begin to understand how much God loves you, your natural response is, of course, here I am. I give you everything. I hold, I hold nothing back. When you begin to understand that he went to a cross willingly, that he spread his arms out wide, took on the punishment of the world for you and for me. Let, let, let me say it this way. God knows everything about you. So no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, there's a God in heaven who's crazy about you. Let me say it this way, that if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. <laughs> That's how much he loves you. That no matter who you are, he loves you as you are. And when you get a clear picture of his incredible love for you, we respond to it, don't we? Of course I give you my life. I love how John said it plainly, we love well, because he first loved us. So you have to respond to the love of God. Here's number two, you have to pursue him with all of your heart. When I tried to trick Amanda into marrying me, I had to pursue her. I had to take her out to fancy dinners and I had to you know, show up and match and, and put some cologne on and take showers from time to time. Like I had to pursue her. And once I convinced her, I let it all go, right? Like forget, no, she, I, I continually pursue my wife. In the same way, did you know that the God in heaven wants to be pursued by you? You may have never thought that before. He, he wants to be pursued by you. All throughout the scriptures, we're told to search for him, to seek him, to pursue him. But my favorite place is in the Old Testament, Jeremiah 29, it says, you will seek me and when you seek him, you will find him when you seek him with all of your, what is it, with all of your heart, gnosko. So I wonder if this Easter, if you would go all in. Some of you, you're on the fringes, like you're tapping, like maybe, or you're just not committed and then there's, there's no power and there's a sense of frustration in your life. Okay, so what if you went all in? What if you stopped playing games with your faith and you made a commitment, this is the year I'm going all in? Some of you, like take, take me up on our, our request. Like go through the system here at, at Trinity Church. Like get in a group, go through the growth track, get on a serve team, come to everything that we offer. I can tell you story after story after story of people these last five years who have done exactly that and their lives have been completely changed. In fact, I'll make a bet with you that if you are on the fringe right now and say, this is it, this is the year I'm gonna go all in, your life will look completely different one year from now. If it doesn't, I'll go find a new church with you. I, I'm that committed that this, this works. Would you pursue him with 
with your everything. But for all relationships to work, there has to be commitment. There has to be. You wanna be committed to a sports team? Like that's on the good days and the bad days, the good seasons and the bad seasons. You've gotta be committed. In marriage, for marriage to work and to hit on all cylinders, you have to be committed. And this is where it trips some people up because they think, well, I know that there has to be a commitment, but I'm not gonna step over the line of faith until all of my questions are answered, until I can understand it fully. When Amanda and I got married 15 years ago, we did not understand marriage, not even close. But we both in that little Baptist church in, in Rhode Island stepped over the line of marriage. And I said to her, I'm giving my life to you. And she looked at me and says, I'm giving my life to you. And some of you, that's exactly what you need to do with your relationship with God. You've been keeping him at a distance. You've been going your own way. But this Easter, some of you, this is the third point, you finally just need to give God your life. Step over that line of faith and begin a real relationship with Jesus. I love this, Luke chapter nine. Jesus says, if you try to hang on to your life, so, so maybe it's a bunch of religion you're trying to hold on to. Maybe you're trying to hold on to like your intellect. I don't know who this is for tonight, but, but some of you, like you think you're so smart. And once I figure it all out, then, then, then I'll, this is what Jesus says. If you're trying to bank on that for eternal life, you're gonna lose it. But if you give up your life, you take your hands off the steering wheel, you trust him for my sake, here's what you'll find, you will save it. I'm always afraid to, I've used this illustration before, I'm always afraid to say it because I feel like me saying this out loud, I'll lose my man card. Um, but here we go. Um, I, my name is Jared and I like musicals. Anybody else like musicals in the room? Like, hey, this, don't worry, I like to fly fish. Um, I'm a big football fan. Like, don't, I still, I'm still a guy. Um, but I, I, like, I like musicals, our family likes musicals. But my favorite musical of all time is Fiddler on the Roof. Any Fiddler on the Roof fans? Half of you, let me tell you what this is about. Fiddler on the Roof is a play based on, in the early 1900s, in Tsarist Russia, it's a Jewish colony. And there's a dad, his name is Tevya, and he has five beautiful Jewish daughters. We have two beautiful daughters and my hands are full. I mean, I can't imagine five beautiful daughters. And they're getting to the age where they're gonna get married. And this tradition, um, they would hire a matchmaker and the matchmaker and the dad would decide who gets to marry the daughters. It's where we get the song, matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a fine, catch me a catch. Matchmaker. So we get the song. And here, here's, here's the rub. Here's the rub. In, in this moment, the daughters are falling in love with different men, different boys than the dad and the matchmaker are bringing home. And it freaks Tevye out. And he has this moment like, it's tradition. And he waves his hands like this and it's tradition. I don't care. It's tradition. It's a musical. And in this moment, he, there's a clash beginning to happen inside of Tevye. And he wonders if his wife really loves him because they were match made a long time ago. So they've been married for 25 years and, 
it's a musical and nobody's around and he walks into the kitchen and there she is over there and she's doing her chores and she's cleaning and scrubbing and he shuts the door behind him and he asks her, it's a musical, he says, um, do you love me? And here's how she responds. Four, 25 years, I've milked your cows, I've done your laundry, I've ironed your clothes, and I've given you five daughters, and this entire list of everything that I've done for you. Goes, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you've done for me, but, and he asks it again, it's a musical, but do you love me? And she responds the exact same way and says, oh, for 25 years, I've mopped your floors, I've, da -da 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 -da, I've milked your, I've, yeah, 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 but, 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 but do you love me? Easter 2022, the Spirit of God is singing that over our church. He's singing that over the religious community in which we find ourselves in. Do you love him? Look what I've done for you. Look at all the boards I've sat on and, and look at all the money that I've given and look at everything I've done for you, God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but do you love me? Because when you love him, then you can find freedom. Then you can discover your purpose and you can make a difference. But without love, you'll never experience the mighty power of the resurrection. It normally at this time, I would say, bow your heads, close your eyes, but we're gonna do it different today. I'm gonna invite you to keep your heads up and your eyes open and take out this Easter survey card one more time. Everybody in the room online, it should be in the chat right now. Take it out, everybody, everybody, everybody. And on the bottom is our Easter survey. It's our Easter survey. And here's what these boxes represent. Follow along with me. Um, and this is what I'm asking all of you to do. If you're in the room and you would say, well, Jared, I already know God personally. I'm already in right relationship. Would you just check the box A? Many, many of you will do that today. But many of you in the room, just like last night, you'll, you'll say, but Jared, like, I did a bunch of religious things, but, but today like, I'm, I'm ready to begin a real relationship with Jesus. And if that's you, I, I pray that you would check B today. Just check it. And maybe some of you are like, you know, Jared, I have to make a recommitment. And many last night, they just checked A and B together and kind of represented that it was a recommitment for them. Some of you would say, Jared, I, I don't know, I'm not ready. I just need to consider this a little more. Last night, 12 people checked C. And I'm so thankful that you're brave enough to do that. If that's you, just check C. And last night, we had some people that said, hey, Jared, I don't ever intend to make that decision. And if you're brave enough to check D, I'm brave enough to pray for you. And my prayer is that next Easter, you'll come back and maybe you'll be at a C. Or maybe you'll be ready to begin a real relationship with Jesus. But take a moment, fill out the spiritual survey. And once you're done, go ahead now and bow your head and close your eyes. And then I'll lead us in a moment of prayer.
I'll give you 25, 30 seconds. Looks like most people are done. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, some of you today, like right on your spiritual survey, you've checked B. And you're ready to begin a real relationship with Jesus. I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna facilitate this. It's not about joining this church or making a speech, it's simply of just giving Jesus your life. So if you're ready, right where you are, pray this prayer. It's this simple, but put it in your own words, mean it in your heart. But pray your prayer like this. Just say, today, God, I'm sorry for going my own way. I'm sorry for banking on religion and tradition and all these things that I thought would, would get me into heaven. No, no, today I realize that it's all about a personal relationship with you. Oh, tell them that. Today I'm ready to begin a real relationship. I hold nothing back. And right now in the quietness of this moment, I give you my heart, I give you my life. Now, Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person who's praying that prayer. Some today are praying this prayer for the very first time. Others, it might be a prayer of recommitment, but Lord, you know right where they are. And so today we say, thank you. Thank you for saving people. And this is our prayer that the people of God that will apply the word of God to our life. And so with one voice today, we say that we love you, we adore you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. things have passed away your love is still the same your constant grace remains the cornerstone things that we thought were dead
sing that to him. Oh, how we love you. You are the one hearts At this time, I'm going to ask you um, to get those surveys back out one more time. And our ushers are coming forward and it's time to collect the surveys. So this is just a moment. They're gonna come right now and go ahead and pass your survey to the closest aisle. If you wanna fold it so nobody can see it, totally understand that, but pass them, they're coming. We're gonna collect them right now. I mean, the information isn't helpful unless I get it. Um, and so thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for filling out this Easter survey. Hasn't it been a good Easter, everybody? Hey, can we just take a moment? Can we, can we thank God for that incredible worship team and all of our staff and our volunteers, just blown away. So grateful, so grateful. Um, hey church, as you're collecting these, um, we are right now, as we send you out, we're gonna worship the Lord through the giving of our tithes and offerings. Aren't you excited to give back to God today? We serve a give first God, so we're gonna be a give first people. So however you give in the boxes in the back online, Thank you for your amazing and your continued generosity. And let me just remind you one more time, you do not want to miss next Sunday as we make a very important announcement for the future of Trinity Church. Um, it's gonna be an exciting, an exciting day. Um, let me pray a blessing over you, then you're dismissed. Um, but again, from our hearts to yours, my wife and I will be down front for a few moments. If you're a guest, we'd love to say hi to you. And again, thank you for being here this Easter. God, I thank you for the amazing people of Trinity Church. Thank you for those who are joining with us right now online. Now I pray that we'll have the most amazing Sunday afternoon that we've ever had. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Church, I love you. Keep coming back. We'll see you next weekend. God bless you.